This is the Jesus Habit Podcast, where we use scripture and science to make your new nature in Christ second nature. Episode 3 for Wednesday, September 11th, 2019. Big idea. 100% commitment is easier than 98% commitment. Our memory verse, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Hebrews 4, 14-16 Because then of this free gift of life in Christ that we talked about yesterday, there is a call that is put on the life of every believer, putting off the old and putting on the new. As we said yesterday, grace is the starting line, not the finish line. Grace gets us in the race, sustains us through the race, and gets us across the finish line, but the work of grace is not complete just because we pray a prayer or claim to be a Christ follower. God's grace is much more powerful and robust than that. The grace of God changes us. Ephesians 4.17 Now, this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. Some translations say, I say this and insist on it. Don't keep walking like the unbelievers do. Their hearts are hard because of sin, but you have been given a new heart. Then he goes on to say, but that is not the way you learned Christ. In other words, Christ has a new way. Put off your old self, which belongs to your old life and is corrupt and deceitful and needs to be renewed. Or be transformed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self, created after the likeness of God, that is Jesus, in true righteousness and holiness. That image of God that was marred by our rebellion gets a complete makeover through the grace of Jesus. Jesus is giving us his likeness in exchange for our darkness. The call of being a Christ follower is not to settle for whatever we think salvation is. The call is complete transformation into the image of Christ. We have settled for so much less than what God created us for. It's like Jesus gives us his grace and the gun goes off for us to start the race and we just lay down on the track. Don't do that. Don't settle. Don't lay down on the starting line. Run with perseverance the race marked out for you by Jesus. But if the call of Jesus is transformation... Why do so many Christians stay the same? Why do so few Christians never change? Part of the problem is we don't believe we can change. I didn't. I didn't believe I would ever be good at remembering names. When I stopped telling myself that lie, I started getting better at it. I didn't think I'd ever have a regular daily habit of reading the Bible, but I do now. Do you believe you can change? Because you can. Romans 8.11 says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. Trust me, 
if this spirit can raise Jesus from the dead, changing some of the corrupt practices in your life are well within the realm of possibility. You absolutely, unreservedly, and without any shadow of a doubt can change. Confidently reject the notion that you are stuck being who you are right now. That is a lie. We lie to ourselves all the time. Our old nature isn't just corrupt, it's deceitful. The desires of our old life deceive us constantly. Don't let your habits, routines, and patterns deceive you into thinking you can't change. Learn to identify the lies and start to believe you can change. Those things that trigger unrighteous reactions and responses in you do not have to trigger those responses for the rest of your life. This, I believe, is a part of what Jesus was getting at when he talked about faith. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 14 through 20, we get a story of a man whose son has been having seizures that throw him into a fire. The disciples can't heal him, and Jesus says, You unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? They bring the boy to Jesus, and he heals him. Later, the disciples ask why they couldn't heal him. Jesus said, Because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Scientifically speaking, belief plays a major role in our transformation. Henry Ford once said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. You might say, whether you believe you can or believe you can't, you're right. Jesus said that faith the size of a mustard seed could move a mountain. You don't have to do that today, do you? Is that on your to-do list? Maybe what you need to change feels like moving a mountain, but really, your faith does not have to be as big as it would need to be to move Mount Everest into the sea. If you need faith the size of a mustard seed to move a literal mountain, it doesn't take that much faith to defeat an old habit. Okay. So I believe I can change. How do I change? In a couple of days, I will be sharing a long-form podcast, which is a recording of my teaching through How We Change, what I call stories. It's a handout in your packet as well. Romans 12, 1 and 2 starts the ball rolling. We have to be a living sacrifice. In other words, we have to die to ourselves every day. That sounds familiar. And we have to stop the conformity, which is what we spend most of our waking hours doing. More on that in a second. And embrace God's transformation by changing our mind, the renewing of your mind. And in 2 Corinthians 10.5, we take every thought captive. Again, the mind. The battle is in your mind. The strongholds are in your mind. And God has given you the weapons to defeat those strongholds. No matter how slick they argue their case against you, and your mind can be very convincing to your mind, by the way, but no matter how slick they talk to you, they have no power over you stronger than the power of Christ. Don't let your mind beat you. Take it captive. Lock those deceptive, doubt-inducing thoughts up and throw away the key. Because you most certainly can change. The last thought for today is this. We have to give God a fighting chance. A Nielsen study recently revealed that Americans spend 11 hours consuming various forms of media per day. Can you imagine how your life would look if you spent 11 hours a day with Jesus? Jesus is after your heart and mind. 
I think Jesus often wants to get to your heart through your mind. But if we're filling our minds with either amoral or immoral content 11 hours a day, we're not giving Jesus a fighting chance. No, I'm not saying the modern media is more powerful than Jesus. But look, even if you're at the top end of the scale, you probably still spend three to four hours per day consuming secular, mind-molding content. The content you consume is finely tuned to manipulate your thoughts for the advantage of their bottom line. You are being used. You are being taken advantage of. You are a pawn in someone else's chess game. Worst of all, we not only allow it, but we propagate it. When was the last time you were as passionate about sharing what Jesus is doing in your life as you are about whatever new fad is trending this week? On the back of your week one, day five sheet is an input audit. I would encourage you to take a few minutes to go through and think about what inputs you have in your life. Maybe, over the course of a day, just take note of what things you are reading, what things you're listening to, what are you watching, what are you scrolling and trolling, what are you eating, what are you thinking or dwelling on in your thoughts, what are you loving, what are you wanting, and what are you dreaming. Make note of the time you give to it, and give a plus or a minus for whether that's a positive or a negative influence in your life. Then, add up the time of your plus time and add up your minus time. And be honest with yourself. The point isn't to appear more righteous than someone else. The point is to help you determine how much positive and negative input you have in your life. After doing this for a day, you should have a decent idea which way the scale tips. If you discover the scale is tipping pretty heavy to the minus side, you may have just uncovered a big reason why you have a hard time changing. If change begins in the mind and you're filling your mind with negative anti-change material, it's going to be hard to change. Zig Ziglar said, Your input determines your outlook. Your outlook determines your output and your output determines your future. Who or what is in control of your future at this moment? www.thejesushabit.com